0: Amy Carroll.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. As a communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, I'm delighted to be your host and excited to bring you insights and ideas to help you solve your communication conundrums. This is the 27th episode of my show, Partner Up with Amy Carroll. If you want to find out more about me, what the show's about, feel free to listen to previous episodes on my website, carolcoaching.com. Or the voiceamerica.com business channel. And there's an app you can download to make it even easier. Of course, you can check it out on your favorite podcast app as well. Now, if you missed last week's show, I interviewed business executive turned award winning professor Giuseppe Conte. Our topic was collaborative negotiations. Have a listen to discover the key principles for successful Let me try that again. Successful negotiations and find out how you can get Giuseppe's complimentary negotiation pack which was full of templates, slides and articles. Today my guest is Matthias Hartmann. Welcome Matthias.
2: Excited to be here. Thank you for having me
1: Amy. Absolutely. Hey, Matthias, I like to give my listeners a little background of who I've got on the show as a guest. So let me just start with that. Sure. Matthias comes from a long career in international sales. His last position was sales director of Europe, Middle East, and Africa for a multinational. Managing and coaching sales managers is, or rather was, second nature for Matthias since he gave it up he gave up the corporate world to focus on the coaching part. So, Matthias, I got to pause here for a second and ask you, you've been coaching unofficially for a long time. What was the trigger that inspired you to take that leap into full-time coaching?
2: Amy, in retrospect, I think the process started in 2016 when my father passed away. And at that time, I just knew I just wanted to uh, start on a deeper journey into mm-hmm. into my core or into my essence.
1: Mm. So, My, it's interesting you say that, Matias, because I think there's a lot of people that can relate to that. When a a significant life event happens, like in your case, losing a parent, often it causes us to really, as they say, take a step back. And so that was really the plunge that caused you to…
2: And in retrospect, in coaching, we call this a coachable moment. Whenever Mm. something people have an accident or they get sick or there's a pandemic or something dramatic happens, you lose your job, whatever. In that's when people kind of wake up and we call it a coachable moment.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I've had quite a few of those in my lifetime. (laughs) More than I like, maybe. So since becoming a life coach, Matthias uses an embodied approach enabling him to dig deep into internal blockages of change. Having given up the corporate job also allowed Matthias to continue his journey inwards to help clients experience transformational change. And I just love this. Listen up, listeners. This is Mateus's tagline. He calls himself the coach to call when life is calling for change. That really says, says it all pretty well. Thank you. Originally from Germany, Matthias has lived in various cities on three continents. He's been to 74 countries on the planet and speaks four languages fluently. Oof. And get this one. Apparently, his clients both hate him and love him in that order. <laughs> I think we'll soon be discovering why that is. Matthias knows that one of the areas I coach people on is becoming more confident and dynamic speakers face-to-face and virtually. So for this reason, we decided that today's show, we would explore the fear of public speaking and other deep emotions using this embodied approach. So let's get started. Matthias, before I... We we jump into maybe the the juicy questions. I really would love for you to start with giving us a definition of embodiment. What does that mean exactly?
2: um, Embodiment means that the body has an intelligence, and we don't tap into the body's intelligence. Um, Another aspect is that the body speaks all the time. However, we don't listen to our bodies, and for me as a coach, when a client walks in or I see a client nowadays on the screen, the body speaks all the time. Uh, I, I notice the breathing. I notice the eye movements. I notice the posture. I notice um, a lot of things, what's, what's happening in the body. And then the client starts to speak. And an embodied coaching approach means that I take the intelligence of the body into account with my coaching.
1: Mm. Okay, so it it so and what I can already hear is that the gift for us will be to tap into that that knowledge and to listen better to our bodies. That's what, where we're going. On this
2: Correct, path. and the, and the body never forgets. We're going to talk about this uh, oh. hopefully in this program. The body never forgets, and but we we like to suppress. Uh, certain things in our life, which we don't like to face up to, but the body stores all of that stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let's now move into the topic precisely. You you know, I work with a lot of people who claim to be afraid of speaking in public, yet you say that the fear of public speaking does not exist. What do you mean by that? (laughs)
2: I was afraid. very provocative. <laughs> I know. I'm afraid you're going to uh, ask that question. Um, I'm saying that fear of public speaking does not exist. For me, uh, the fear of public speaking is a fear of rejection. And we as human beings are afraid of rejection. And um, the difference with public speaking is that with public speaking, the stakes are high. So, you may be losing your job or you may, may be losing your reputation. So, the stakes are high. However, um, you don't need a public to be afraid of public speaking. Uh, Amy, can you imagine a situation, for example, like you in front of one person, You it's a job interview. Right. Uh, the stakes are high. Yeah. And nonetheless, you are afraid of rejection. Yes. So that's why I'm saying that the fear of public speaking does not exist. It's a fear of rejection, which links to our level of trust in ourselves.
1: Uh So a trust in ourselves. So. All right. So the fear of public speaking, you say, is a fear of rejection.
2: Correct. And, and all I'm trying to direct you here. And um, the emotion of fear, there's an emotion of fear and the emotion of trust. The emotion of fear overrides the emotion of trust. Hold oh, let me now, say that again.
1: Fear overrides trust. Correct. Okay.
2: And imagine now you stand on stage, you want to speak in public, yeah. and uh, you are afraid of rejection. The mm. stakes are high. Mm. and you don't trust yourself well Mm -hmm. you can tell that's going to be a terrible public speech
1: Mm. oh god it sounds like a disaster as my sister Regina says a car crash (laughs) waiting to happen
2: and and everybody can see that you you operate from fear and that you don't that you don't trust yourself because when when the stakes are high and we don't trust ourselves and we're afraid of being rejected our body makes us or yeah, it it makes us either fight uh, flee or freeze
1: and okay. when you when you speak I'm, familiar, in, I'm familiar. with that because of the model of predator-prey partner, right? So the pre, yes, yes, predator exactly. is the fight. Yep. Okay, got it.
2: Correct. But when you speak in public, you can't really fight no, or that flee. Would
1: be, that would be awkward.
2: <laughs> that would be a bit. Of, but you could flee the stage or whatever. Uh, but um, what, so what's left over? Freeze. Mm-hmm. And so when you speak in public, and you have no trust in yourself. You freeze, you freeze mm. up. You basically stand there like a brick, to use a metaphor. Mm-hmm. And um, your, your breathing gets shallow, your heartbeat gets faster, you start sweating, you may get in cold feet. Everybody can see you operate from fear yeah. and not from trust.
1: I uh, Let's say going back about 24 years ago, I was invited by a friend to speak to a group of students. And this was okay. before I did any presentations training or or improving my skills. And somewhere between saying yes and walking into the my friend's classroom, I got it was like a week apart. I was so nervous that my chin began to quiver. Like <clears throat> like you know, my teeth were chattering. I oh. couldn't stop them. Mateus I gave a 45-minute speech with my chin qu- quivering la- like this. And I kept saying, it's just so, so co- cold in here. And then one of the students said, Miss Carol, would you like my coat? No no no, 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 thanks. I knew if I took the guy's coat and it was still happening, they would know for sure it was nervousness. So what
2: was the, tr- the level of trusting yourself at that moment?
1: It, it was fine until I walked into the classroom, and then it plummeted. Yeah, okay. <that> yeah, Absolutely. Though, what's I think that was a coachable moment. Tell me if this is true, because <laughs> yes. I went home and my sister, Pat, who was coaching people on presentation skills, I went back to this U.S. to visit her and I said to her, fix me, make it go away. I never <laughs> want to have that happen again. And that was the moment that I was ready to make the changes.
2: Okay. Hopefully, we later on, we have time to actually uh, cover the subject that you cannot make any emotion go away.
1: Yes. Yeah. Thank you. We will. We have to talk about that because yes. <laughs> that's what I wanted. Though yeah. instead I got a skill set, which helped. So, um, e- and you, you talk a lot about how it's, things are, fear is future related. Talk more about that. Explain that to me. Uh,
2: <clears throat> the fear, fear by definition takes you into the future because you're afraid of a future event. Okay let's say, let's say you are afraid of dogs and you happen to cross the street uh, a dog in the street you're not you're not bitten yet you fear the possibility a future event yes. of the dog biting you or when you stand on stage and you talk you you have not lost your reputation yet you have not lost your job yet it's a future possibility yeah so so that fear of rejection is a future possibility. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how future takes, oh, no, that's how fear takes you into the future. And, f- and since we talk about trust, trust is a present moment emotion. Uh-huh. You can only uh-huh. trust a present moment. The fear overrides the trust. The future overrides the present moment. When you then stand on stage, you don't trust yourself because yeah. you fear a future event.
1: Okay, so I understand now that we can only fear a possible future event. Is there also a link to our past?
2: Unfortunately, yes, Amy, and that has (sighs) to do – I'm sorry (laughs) to (laughs) –
1: Bad news. Now I see why people hate you sometimes. <laughs> um,
2: and that, that has to do with our basic human needs. Do you remember Maslow, the, the, the pyramid oh, yeah. of, okay, I think we all do. Um, and um, Hierarchy so we, of needs
1: for listeners. Yes, exactly. The
2: hierarchy of needs. And we have basic human uh, social needs. Okay. And at the end of the day, we would like to belong. We would like to belong to a group we would like to be seen we would like to be heard we would like to be liked and i guess the cherry on the cake is we would like to be loved so and e- and each time we are uh we being rejected we are deprived of those social needs and to make it even worse we then experience social pain wow and and uh, neuro- that that I found interesting that neuroscientists found out that um, the social pain is being processed in the very same brain region where we experience physical pain.
1: Are you saying that if I have a a, a, a some form of rejection, it can manifest like actual physical pain in my body? Correct. Correct. That's crazy.
2: It, well, it. Um, can can we? Can, I would actually like to illustrate this point with you, Amy. Do you mind being a little guinea pig here? Sure, happy to. Yeah, go for it. Okay, is there an event in your recent past where you felt rejected, Amy?
1: <laughs> you just go for the jugular. Okay, <laughs> um, mm, a, a m- recent past where I felt rejected. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, and this happens regularly. So. L- I gotta back up and give you a little history. Okay. So um, I'm I'm an extrovert and I'm I'm cute and I like to flirt. Okay, those are good things to know about me. <laughs> it, within appropriate circumstances. And so for years, I was always in the habit of I'd be walking down a street, and if I would catch a, the gaze eyes of some guy who I found attractive and we would have this little moment of flirting, little smile, little wink, you know, and we'd go th- both go about our, our day. <laughs> this, this would happen to me consistently. Cause I like to, and, and this is also an incident. I like to connect with people. I like to um, have that little buzz and, and, yeah. and exchange. So I would say Mateus in the last, five, maybe now seven years, that has changed dramatically. When I'm walking down the street now, the guys will either look at me and look past me, like through me, like they don't, they don't exist or won't even look at me at all. Okay. So I, as superficial as that sounds, I have to admit that that is like a form of rejection for me.
2: Okay. What was? Thank you for sharing that story, sure. Amy. What was the level of trust in yourself when the guy uh, walks past you and he just looks through you? What is the level of trust you have in yourself in that in that moment?
1: Um, I, I'm not sure if this is how you mean it. I, my, I question myself, so my trust is low because it's like, oh, I must not be cute anymore. <laughs>
2: Okay, so so you you experience a lower level of trust in yourself. Definitely, yeah. Do you also experience uh, a form of pain or social pain based on
1: that well, rejection? I, yeah, I guess that's what it is. There definitely feels like it's like a little bit of a you know, like the little kid on the on the playground and they're not throwing the ball to me it's like no you're being excluded yeah so there is this little bit of rejection actually
2: okay and and just one more question amy which perhaps too um nick when you now walk on the street and you see like mr prince charming walking your direction do you <laughs> do you try to avoid or perhaps uh, yeah avoid those kind of that kind of rejection uh, or you still focused on on the face of the person to try to get that contact
1: when I'm feeling brave and in like kind of my scientific laboratory experimental, I'm like, okay, maybe this time, though I won't get rejected. Okay. Though definitely on days when I'm not feeling uh, like I, I don't want to expose myself, I don't want to feel vulnerable or I don't want to risk the <laughs> rejection, yeah. Yeah. I might not make even make eye contact with them.
2: Okay. And this is exactly what I mean. That in that situation, the last four to seven years, you said yeah. you developed a kind of uh, a fear. Yes. And 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 believe it or not, that fear serves a purpose. And in in general, that fear is there for your uh, mental and physical well being. It it tries to re- avoid that rejection, mm-hmm. and it tries to avoid that social pain. Mm-hmm. Yes. And. Um, but and this is an important point also for if not for you only uh, uh, Amy, but also for the listeners um, the w- We now believe that the fear blocks us, however, from from making contact with people on the street or from from uh, speaking in public, we believe that the fear blocks us right How, however, the problem is that we block the fear. Oh. this is the real problem, not that the emotion blocks us okay we we block the emotion from coming to the surface mm. does, does this does this resonate or
1: does it make sense to you what, what i'm saying here it it it's get it's i'm getting very curious um okay. and i can feel like i want to just turn this to an, into a like a a personalized coaching session for me <laughs> and say well listeners just you know hold on tight maybe there'll be something interesting okay and
2: and, and if we a block an important part of ourselves, like if we block fear, or if we block shame, or if we block guilt, or whatever yeah. it is, we don't want to feel or we don't want to, to let it bubble up to the surface. However, it shows up in the body.
1: That's what I was just going to ask you. What's the problem with blocking it? Why? What's the cost to us? It,
2: it, it shows up in the body.
1: In what and ways? It,
2: and it, it causes a low-level chronic tension. Uh-huh. and um, so people run around uh, with low-level chronic tension or other symptoms, uh, physical symptoms, um, and um, they, they can't explain it. However, it's linked to everything they don't want to feel or uh, those kind of emotions to, for them to bubble up, and because they're afraid that those emotions block them from living a balanced life, from speaking mm. in public, uh, or whatever it is.
1: Mm-hmm. So now, what's popping to my mind is a conversation you and I had a couple of weeks ago. We did uh, another spontaneous coaching session, and I remember you. We were uh, exploring my fears, and one specific fear that came to the surface was because of COVID and and things changing so dramatically. There was this maybe irrational, though nonetheless, a fear of me losing my business.
2: Okay, and yes, I remember,
1: yeah. And what we identified was I was having this tension in my jaws. Can you explain the, the emotion of fear and the tension in my jaw, how that's linked?
2: Okay. I will, I'm happy to do so in a second, Amy. I would like to know, how was that coaching session for you to actually expi- or talk about, we, we ended up with a fear and then we ended up with seeing where that fear is physically located in your body. And that's how we ended up with your jaws. Yes. How was it experience for you?
1: It was a relief to name the fear. Okay. And it surprised me that you know that I could connect it to this tension.
2: Okay, great. Uh, Let me just um, explain how how this all works, um, Amy. Um, But let me start with what. Let me start with an emotion. An emotion is motivational energy that needs expression in movement.
1: All right, say it again. Okay,
2: okay. I, I was afraid to say so. <laughs> um, an emotion is motivational energy. It is energy. And that energy mm-hmm. needs expression. Mm-hmm. And it needs expression through movement. Let me illustrate this. Imagine okay. when Amy was small and you were a little kid and uh, Amy was happy. You experienced the emotion of happiness. Yes. So that energy of that happen- happiness. Needed to express itself through movement. Yeah. Perhaps, perhaps you wanted to uh, jump or run or laugh. This yeah. is how, let's say, happiness expresses itself through you or in, in you. Uh, imagine now you're being told, don't run, don't jump, don't laugh. Mm. You'd rather be told, sit still, be quiet. So that energy of that happiness that motivational energy could not express itself. It gets stuck.
1: Uh-huh. And, suppressed
2: suppressed. And and the suppressed energy now gets stuck in your body and it shows up as tension. Mm-hmm. Because obviously we, we, we all know this. If we are told don't or sit still, we, we tense up. Um, does this make sense so far?
1: Yes, making sense. Now we're going to take a break in a couple of minutes, Mateus, and okay. I think you had said that you wanted to give a an assignment to the listeners over the break. Should we do that now? Sure. Okay. So um,
2: we a little assignment here for for the audience. Uh, we live in a society which is notoriously emotionally illiterate when it comes to expressing emotions or being aware of our emotional states. So um, we at most can discriminate perhaps 12 or dozen emotions in uh, in our lives. Um, So I would encourage the listeners to take 30 seconds and just be still to tap into their body and simply feel. And you perhaps want to focus on your heartbeat or your breathing or perhaps on your sweating. You perhaps have cold feet. And and if you come across as anything unpleasant, like tension or pain or whatever it is, just try to name the emotion and and be with it. And please don't go to your mind to figure out how you feel. Just take 30 seconds. Check with your body. So instead of
1: going through the brain, you're saying go um, sit with you physiologically, see if you can notice something and ways to do that would be paying attention to the heart rate, the breathing, um, your extremities, and to see then if you can... Can name, name the underlying emotion. Okay. Then name the underlying emotion. When we come, actually, before we go, can you just give an, a distinction between what's the difference between a feeling and emotion? Because I think we're getting close to that now and that will help.
2: When an emotion is strong enough yeah. and it comes to our awareness, then we call it a feeling. So we are in an emotional state 24/7. Every single second of our lives, we're in an emotional state. We're not aware of it. We don't need to be aware of it. Uh, that's fine. But if an emotion is so strong that it actually we are aware of it, oh, I feel bad. I feel good. Then an emotion, we co- we consider that emotion to become a feeling. That's that's how that's the difference between an emotion which runs in the background 24/7. If it's strong enough, it becomes a feeling.
1: Huh. Okay. Okay. I'm kind of getting that. All right. So we're going to take a break now. And listeners, you have your assignment. 30 you seconds. Amy, you oh, too. me too? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we all have our assignment, people. Okay. So tap into your body and simply feel the dominant motion right now. Now, if you want to uh, connect with Mateus, I'm going to encourage you to drop him an email. And you can do that at Sending an, an email to coaching at embody.one. And that's coaching at E-M-B-O-D-H-I dot O-N-E. And that's also Matthias's website, same address. Now, you can also reach out to Matthias on LinkedIn. And his name is M-A-T-T-H-I-A-S. Last name Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N-N. When we come back from the break, we're going to be hearing more from Matthias and taking an even deeper dive into deep emotions. Stay tuned. You're listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice america. Do you have colleagues, family members, or neighbors that just drive you crazy sometimes? Do you occasionally find yourself feeling disrespected, mistreated, or annoyed by others. As a no-nonsense communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, Amy Carroll may have a solution for you. For over 35 years, Amy has studied status and power dynamics, what sabotages relationships, results, and how to get desired outcomes in business and personal interactions. Make your partner look good is a philosophy from improvisational theater, as well as Amy's favorite mantra, for the last 20 years she has been using her superhero powers to inspire individuals and multinationals around the globe to transform their communication and tap into their own partner powers with concrete behavior changes in voice body language words and attitude amy shows clients what to keep and what to change to get more of what you want more often with less hassle visit carolcoaching.com today that's c-a-r-r O-L-L coaching.com. You are listening to partner up with Amy Carroll. We want participation from you. Feel free to send an email to amy at carolcoaching.com. Now back to partner up with Amy Carroll. Here again is Amy.
1: Welcome back to partner up with Amy Carroll. My guest today is Matthias Hartman and Matthias's tagline is just delightful. The coach to call when life is calling for a change. So, is, let's go back to where we were just before the break. I want you to give us a little more um, explanation detail about the distinction between feeling versus emotion.
2: Yeah, I just I really think it's an important point, Amy, and I'm glad you're asking me about this uh, because people have no really clue what the difference is. Um, and let me just recap. Uh, an emotion, once in the background, 24-7, even, right. when, we're, even when we're asleep all the time. Okay. When, once an emotion is strong enough that it comes to our, our awareness, then it becomes a feeling. And how it makes us feel, that feeling, depends on the biochemicals being released in the brain. I mean, we all heard about the stress hormone. Uh, yeah. We all heard, heard about a good feeling hormone uh, like dopamine. Um, so depending on those hormones being released in our brain, a feeling feels good or a feeling feels bad, which has little to do with the emotion, which runs in the background. So it starts with an emotion emotion strong enough turns into a feeling however i said before that an emotion is motivate motivational energy to make us move so once we feel stressed or we feel nervous or we feel whatever we want to take action Let's say you feel stressed and you say, well, give me a drink. Or you feel nervous about speaking in public. You say, well, give me a drink as well, whatever. Um, (laughs)
1: That's a solution.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Solution for everything. And um, so this this taking action then becomes our behavior. And Mm -hmm. we behave in a certain way based on a feeling, which is based on an emotion. But people don't realize that their behavior is originated from an emotion. I just right. want to make sure that this point is understood, yeah. because people people believe in free will. They believe I decided to have a drink. Well, yeah. I don't think so.
1: Uh huh. You see that the emotions are driving are the Great. behaviors much more strongly than we can even imagine.
2: Correct. Thank Fascinating, you. Fascinating,
1: which is why it's so important for us to be aware of it so that we we can move into choice.
2: Correct. Nice. Did you do the little exercise, Amy, uh, while we had?
1: I'm a very good student, <laughs> Matthias. I did my homework.
2: So, so uh, what came up? How do you feel?
1: Um, the feeling that was coming up was... Um, Anxious because what I haven't shared with you, Mateus, is I went. I don't know if you can tell. I'm having a little bit of struggle with speaking today because I went to the dentist this with or the orthodontist this morning, and they have just put in a row of braces in my mouth. Wow, which is yeah, really weird because you got this. Then you got this. You know, you're maneuvering and trying to pronounce words normally are not so challenging, and I'm I'm also stressed because I was uh, biting my the side of my mouth accidentally earlier today. And I'm really nervous that I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to like yelp during the show and have to explain myself. So yes, okay. it, w- it was anxiety.
2: Okay. So anxiety or nervousness?
1: Oh, I guess, yeah, more nervous. Yeah.
2: N- nervous. Okay. On, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being really freaking out. What, what is the level of nervousness uh, in, in your body as we speak?
1: Well, it's funny. It was higher until I admitted it. So it was about. Oh,
2: what? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because now it's like, okay, if I, I mess up, people know, at least they'll know <laughs> I'm not drunk. <laughs> um, I, I think it's about a four now.
2: A four. Okay. Yeah. Would you be able to locate that nervousness on level four in your body?
1: I th- it felt like it was in my chest.
2: your chest. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And this, uh, thank you for sharing this, Amy. Um, And this is just a little exercise for us to realize that we only use the mind to articulate what we feel. People tend to use their mind to decide how they feel.
1: They think they're doing
2: it they think they're doing it correct they think i'm not nervous they think i'm not stressed they think i'm not whatever but um as a a, how i started the conversation um the body never lies Mm. you can tell so your mind can come up with whatever the mind comes up with i'm not nervous the body shows and the more often you tap into your body and check on how you actually feel, what are the sensations, the more um, literate you become in actually discovering all the things which are, which are happening deep down in your and, body.
1: And then once you become more literate, then what can you do as a result of that?
2: As I mentioned before, this is, the, our, this is our intelligence. Yeah. You can tap into that intelligence yeah. and live with a deeper connection mm. To who you are, once you have embraced all aspects of who you are, Mm -hmm. including the things you don't like, like Mm -hmm. those deep emotions, like fear or shame Mm -hmm. or guilt or whatever it
1: is. Mm -hmm. So it's not getting rid of it, it's it's finding peace with them?
2: Uh, Peace, I don't know if I like that uh, expression. I say it's an acceptance and integration
1: Oh, that's nice. I, and uh, yeah, peace <laughs> for me is, it, yeah, it's, it's um, the acceptance piece uh, that that works. And then one step further, integration. Mm, okay. Cor-
2: correct, correct. Okay. And, it, and that's basically what what I do in a, in a coaching session.
1: Yeah, and now I'm starting to see the link with the body. Um, can you tell us what happens in a formal coaching session when you're using an embodied approach? Do you have an example yeah. you can share?
2: Okay, sure. Uh, so it starts off with, Uh, identifying which emotion is underlying the issue the the client presents. Okay. The second step is to see where that energy of that emotion, that stuck emotion, is located in the body. For Amy, for you, it was emotion fear and the jaws in the body.
1: Right, for the business. for the In business, for
2: the- that was the issue. The issue was mm. like fear of the business uh, um, of your business surviving, mm. and for a lot of and for a lot of people, this is already um, a long process because uh, especially men, they, they live uh, from their, their neck up; uh, they don't really feel much from the neck down. Uh, women are much easier, or they, they have much more capability to check to, to tap into their body. Mm-hmm. And um, so, this is a long process to figure out what is the client's issue, what is the emotion underlying the issue, and where is that energy stuck in the body? Okay. So, this this is the first part. And for a lot of clients, this is already a big revelation, like, wow, an issue in my life is related to an emotion which is showing up in my body. So, for a lot of people, it's like, wow, I had no idea. So, yeah. actually, the pieces, pieces come together. And um, th- then uh, we carry on. Once we have uh, identified the emotion and see where it's stuck in the body, mm-hmm. we just go and spend time being with that emotion. And there's no need to analyze anything. There's no need to understand anything. There's no need to judge anything. You, you just you just are, you just are in front or with that emotion.
1: When we were speaking um, a couple of weeks ago, I remember you had, it was the analogy of being on, just sitting on a park bench with the emotion.
2: Yes. You, yeah. To to be with an emotion and simply we are human beings. We're not human drinks. We we yeah. do all the time, we, but we're human beings. And it may sound uh, an easy thing just to, be with your fear, but you ha- you always. Oh, it doesn't f-
1: sound easy at all.
2: Well, it is tough to be. To yeah. be honest, it it is tough.
1: Except uh, the, the analogy, that visual of me just sitting on a park bench with my fear. You know, I could make it a nice, warm, sunny day too. <laughs> we could be eating ice cream cones. You know, I mean. So it feels. Doable, you know, you've given me a visualization, an image that I could hold on to or sitting with sadness, for example.
2: But the deep, deep, deep emotions, Amy, you you can't do this by yourself. You would have to have a a trained professional or coach Mm -hmm. to to be in the presence with you Mm -hmm. because otherwise your mind will prevent you from facing up. All your deep emotions, which you have suppressed or put away for years or decades.
1: Okay, it just okay. So you want to have the support to be able to take a yes. deep dive. Yes, got it.
2: yes. But it's important for you to realize that you you cannot think yourself out of an emotional blockage. Mm. Forget the mind. It's a physical process. You are in physical presence with your fear. And that honestly, Amy, for a lot of people, I mean that's what I'm saying, that's why they hate me initially. Oh. It's it's a major discomfort.
1: Right. Okay. Okay, now I'm getting it. And and Matthias, I I I remember you telling me a story about a woman who was a nurse. What was that example? I, I loved hearing that.
2: Yeah, that was, a tu- that was a tough session. Uh, it was a nurse in the US. So she was mm-hmm. working with COVID patients. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, so the subject of the, of the coaching session was she didn't feel motivated to go to work. She was stressed. Uh, and after a bit of digging, uh, she realized, well, it's actually she was afraid, fear, afraid of getting sick. Okay. And then, then we went a bit deeper, and uh, so that fear of becoming sick turned into, or actually it was, a fear of dying. Uh huh. So the, the real subject of that coaching session was to deal with her fear of death. Uh huh. And then we tried to, or we located that fear of death in her body, and then we went through the process. We just we we uh, we were in presence of that fear. And Amy, it's tough, honestly, it's tough Uh, to to be in that session, to be in presence of your fear of dying. Wow, yeah. And, And once you move from discomfort to comfort to discomfort, once you get your body eases into the possibility to actually be with that fear of death, then I ask her a tough question. I ask her, what is the worst of being dead?
1: What's the worst thing could happen if you die?
2: What's the worst thing you can happen if you die? Wow. And, okay. and it obviously it, it just pushed her almost over the cliff. And um, she, uh, what, what came up for her was to spend more time with her little brother. And there was a major breakthrough Because for the her.
1: fear was that she wouldn't be able to. Correct.
2: She said, um, she, she realized she needs to spend much more time with her little brother. Mm. So from, from being not motivated to go to work. To dealing with your fear of dying, mm. to realizing you actually need to what you what you need to do in your life. Mm-hmm. That's coaching.
1: So the question, what do you most fear if you die? helped her to um, see to, to be able to take action on something. And once she did that, then her her motivation for work was restored. Nope.
2: Um, And restored would be a big word, but yes, she was motivated because she she knew what, purpose is a big word, but she knew what her purpose was, to spend more time with her little brother in that moment. And once you operate from purpose, you find motivation to deal with crap.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, well said. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's very good. So, that, cool. so that was
2: a tough session, and not, not every session is, is as hectic as this, but since you asked for an example, uh, that was a pretty uh, hectic uh, coaching session, I must admit.
1: Yeah. Now, I, I, we started talking about this a bit. I would imagine, personally, I would feel resistance turning towards negative emotions. I, I am so I have all these strategies for avoiding boredom, especially. That's my biggest concern. And, okay. and then especially a negative emotion like fear to, you know, how, even if it would help me with public speaking, it, I, I, uh, I, I just, you know, I can see that the desire and motivation is just the wanting to get rid of those emotions.
2: Okay, uh, Amy, you're not the only one who says that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, people would like to get rid of their emotions, but it's it's not possible. Right. Just just to cut you off here right away, it's not possible to get rid of emotions. You you can't even get rid of happiness. Imagine how that that doesn't work either. Mm, good. And uh, so because em- emotions they serve the purpose of our physical and psychological well-being and survival. Mhm. So you don't want to get rid of it. With without fear, we wouldn't be here. Without us having emotions, we would not have survived.
1: Sure, and, they serve an important purpose, I guess. So, so, exactly. And, and
2: and you can't get rid of them. And Amy, the other thing you mentioned is a negative emotion. Mm-hmm. There are no negative emotions. And there are no positive emotions. There are emotions. Full stop. Mm -hmm. Only our mind labels those emotions as good or bad, depending on how they make us feel. But originally, the emotion itself is just an emotion. Mm -hmm. And um, how they make us feel, those emotions, depend on, allow me to introduce a new term here, depends on their survival value.
1: Okay, so more. So,
2: the survival value of fear is much higher than the survival value of happiness. Mm. In, in case whatever hits the fan uh, and your life is in danger, the survival value of happiness is close to zero. But the survival value of fear is much higher because it, it creates you or prepares your body for action. For yeah. motiva- it brings up this motivational energy to move. To, yeah. to, to fight or flee or freeze. Yeah. So the motivational energy of trust, for example, forget it. That's why it goes down the drain the moment mm-hmm. you experience fear. So there are no negative or positive emotions. There are just emotions.
1: Okay, so we can't get rid of the emotions. They serve a purpose. And still, I wonder how you, your coaching can help the clients to better... Be better at like speaking in public, for example, if we go back to that initial theme. Okay. <clears throat> I tell
2: my clients, first of all, I don't make you feel better.
1: Mm-hmm. I f-
2: make you feel more.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and it's, it's not good advertisement, I know. Uh,
1: <laughs> really, I've got enough feelings, buddy.
2: <laughs> but, but the feeling more means being with your deep emotions you've put away for years or decades. And it's this part which is the tough part, and people wonder why do they actually pay money for the okay, emotions?
1: You cut, they, you cut out for a second. Repeat that lessons. Why do they actually pay money?
2: Yeah, they, they wonder because to 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 be with those deep emotions they have uh, suppressed for decades, right. for them to 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 be in presence of those, which is uncomfortable, brings yeah. up lots of discomfort, yeah. uh, why would they pay money for this? Yeah. Uh, so, however, there are tons of benefits. And um, the important ones are that if you accept and integrate your emotion, this allows you to shift their energy. And I mentioned before that uh, the, the, the blocking emotions is, is, is this tension we feel. Imagine now you unblock that emotion, the tension drops
1: right, and so, we we all yeah. know maybe i 'm leaping ahead that you know by removing the tension and the stress you're probably investing tremendously in your physical health and also emotional and mental health because you 're realigning things
2: correct yeah perfect mm, exactly yeah. And, and, and a different or an additional um, benefit is um The the approach allows you to feel also the more, what you would say, positive emotions. Because if you operate from fear, you cannot really enjoy happiness. Right. And we all all know people who are just, they're fearful Mm 24-7. How happy happy can you be if you are living in fear, if you're nervous Mm
1: 24-7?
2: So if you accept and integrate all aspects of who you are, including your fears, mm-hmm. you can also be happy again.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have availability to the full spectrum.
2: That, that, it's the full spectrum. Mm. Uh, another benefit is what we did in the little exercise during the break to, to tap into your body and feel how you are, feel yeah. the sensations. This brings you into the now, Amy. Mm. The mind tends to take us into the past or the present. Okay. But we as human beings, we crave, we feel alive when we actually live in the now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Tapping into your body, checking, checking your breathing, checking your heartbeat, checking uh, ten- sensations, allows you to live in the now.
1: Let's give a plug for the book um, by our, our, our Austrian oh. friend.
2: Oh Eckhart Tolle, yes.
1: Yes, Eckhart Tolle, uh, yes. the power of now.
2: The power of now, yes. Yeah, yeah. People, if people, people want to know more. Mm-hmm. People, millions of people. Uh, this is an international bestseller, yes. um, and people crave to be, to be living in the now, uh, and tapping into your body allows you to be in the now. And if you do this for a couple of times a day, wonderful. Just okay, check. so.
1: Let's, uh, I'm going to pause you for a second, thank you, because in a few minutes, I, you're going to be I know you're going to give your listeners a call for action. Right. And before we go there, I want to just see if we can spend, I don't know, maybe 30 seconds a minute on how can, you know with, with the, the world and the state it's in with this pandemic and where so many of us are struggling on different levels, how can an embodied life coaching help here?
2: Um, I would I would apply, or actually do apply this very same uh, process. Uh, the deep emotion which comes up often is grief. Because yes. living in this pandemic where people cannot attend uh, their loved one's uh, funeral, uh, they cannot say goodbye. Just what you read in the papers is just terrible. Right. So the grief does not find expression. Mm-hmm. So I would just do the very same process to be to check where does the grief show up in the body and locate it and be in presence with that grief and allow it to express itself.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Matthias, the grief is such a fascinating and important element. I'm going to actually have a guest on hopefully in the next couple of weeks talking about the importance of working through grief.
0: And how that can help bit. us
1: as leaders and in, in the business world as well. So, Matthias, we're going to move into a wrap-up now. And I know okay. you have a rich call for action. Let's hear what it is.
2: Um, the call for action is to take 30 seconds a few times a day, focus on your body, and just focus on the sensations. See, see what's happening in your body. And then try to name the dominant emotion behind those sensations. And again, don't go to your mind to figure out how you feel. And um, the, the call of action is to experience even unpleasant sensations. Mm-hmm. When you do so, don't suppress them, feel into them,
1: mm-hmm.
2: name, the, name the emotion and then express it. Perhaps you want to jump or perhaps you want to go to a forest and scream or you want to laugh or whatever it is, express that emotion. Mm-hmm. And the last thing Amy is there's an emotion called gratitude. Uh, yes. <laughs> and next next time your mind takes you into the future because you're nervous or anxious or whatever, okay. just tap into your gratefulness. Be grateful for what you have. Be grateful for the air you're breathing. Be grateful for anything you have in your life. It will also help you to live in the now. And on that subject, Amy, I, I feel, I feel. Grateful to you for having given me the opportunity to speak about something which makes us human, our emotions.
1: Yes. Oh Matthias, that's gorgeous. And thank you for sharing what you're grateful for. And what I'm grateful for is um you were so generous with your time in preparing this and discussing this, and you made it um very joyful for me. So thank you. I'm definitely thank grateful for that.
2: Pleasure, pleasure.
1: So listen, um, I want to add to Matthias' call for action, because one of the things that you heard Matthias say earlier was how we struggle with our emotional literacy. So if you want to get better at identifying your feelings and your emotions um, before they become feelings, <laughs> email me at amy at and I will send you a list of feelings and needs. That comes from NVC called Nonviolent Communication. This is, for me, the complementary model to the work I do around Predator-Prey Partner. And the needs is a bonus because it'll help you be able to offer yourself emergency self-empathy and to offer others empathy. So there's a whole bonus in that. My second call for action, send me your communication conundrums, clashes, challenges, mishaps, blunders, and successes via my email, or social media, and I'll read them and discuss them on future shows and make suggestions. Matthias would love to hear from you personally, and don't be shy to get in touch with him. Now consider this. The fear which which holds you back from contacting Matthias may be the same fear which holds you back in other areas of your life. So if there's truth to that, then send him an email. And that email is coaching at embody.one. And that's E-M-B-O-D-H-I dot O-N-E. That's his website as well. And you can again reach him on LinkedIn, Matthias Hartman with two N's at the end there. Now be sure to tune in next week. I'm going to be interviewing Sarah Payton, a neuroscience educator and author. We'll be exploring why it's so hard to receive feedback. What happens to people's nervous systems when they receive feedback? What's the ideal state for receiving feedback and much, much more? Also, if you're game for more, I'll be hopping over to Facebook Live in five minutes past the hour for a short chat on today's sh- from today's show. Feel free to connect with me on my social media channels, Amy Carol Coaching, and my website, carolcoaching.com. That's two R's and two L's. Matthias, thank you. It's been a wonderful conversation.
2: Thank you, Amy. Honored to be here.
1: And thank you, listeners. You've been listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. Happy partnering, everyone.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Join Amy for another edition next Friday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Central European Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, make it a great week. And remember, make your partner look good.